ChatGPT, and education? And when are generative AI results no longer generative AI results? This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Visit HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel takes a look at the use of ChatGPT in education and how it's being received, and then tries to figure out where the line is between generative AI creation results and human modifications. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Jeff, we're, we're kicking around um, the article I, I just posted to, in the uh, in the chat room. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I said the right one yep. um, about uh, just the the law and and AI and what all's going on out there. So I'll let you catch up here in a minute. I definitely want to get Brian in though, because Brian, I think we've talked to you just a little bit in the past about how you as an educator views some of the chat GPT discussions and, you know, how, how would you feel about a student who submits something to you that was either generated all by chat GPT or that maybe started as a chat GPT and then they, they worked off the framework that the, uh, the AI gave them. Sure. So my thought on it is, you know, first of all, you have to think about what's your end, end goal. You know, what do you want your students to know and be able to do? Um, we've even seen, I think, a, a big paradigm shift in the last 10 or 15 years with the way that questions are asked of students and less factoid type answers and more thinking for yourself, trying to figure out more, more complex problems. The way I've been kind of looking at it with my students oftentimes and when I help train some teachers too is, you know, if you can ask your smart device the question to get the answer, it's probably not a good question, you know, because it's something that the kids could look up anyways. You know, the, the types of little, you know, remembering a date, remember an individual, those types of things, they can be looked up pretty easily. So I think with thinking of things like chat GPT and its like, I think it's just moving that bar forward even more. And when we look at what do we want our students to be able to do, and their their goals and what, how they want to function in the real world, we have to think, you know, what steps, what particular um, qualities and expertise we want students to have to be successful. And it's, it's going to be, it, this whole thing is so interesting because, of course, you're not going to allow a student to just turn in something that was completely generated and said, Great. I, I learned how to uh, kind of like what Dave was saying about, you know, there is a, there is a slight skill to learning how to utilize a, a search engine to get some of the results that you're looking for. But similar with ChatGPT, there's a skill involved to an extent of figuring out, you know, how you want to ask the question to generate what you wanted, the, the gist of what you wanted to say. So in the end, I think it's, 
you, again, you want to make sure that the student learns the material you want them to learn and to be able to, for them to be able to tell you how it's, how it's used and that type of thing. So it, it's tough. Of course, yeah, like I said, of course you don't want a student to turn in work, but if it's a starting point, I know you asked, you know, if it's a starting point or something that they're working with to develop their ideas, I think there's definitely a place for that. Okay. Okay. It's like they used to not allow calculators in engineering school. Mm-hmm. Jim, you read yeah. my mind. Exactly. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, I'll put my software developer hat on and uh, posit, you know, a possible technological solution to this. Because, you know, if you want to teach people how to write, then you definitely want them to do the writing. So at this point, though, maybe what they need to turn in is not just here's a finished text, but, you know, you could make a word processor that collected all the steps, every step, every keystroke, every edit, um, you know, basically show your work. And in fact, I would think you could also come up with a, a, you know, a probability of, you know, that this was generated by a human. So if if somebody was just copying, you know, type, type, you know, maybe they typed it, but, but they were reading and, you know, exactly copied it. Well, then you'd see the record would be, oh, they never made any mistakes. And they just, you know, well, you know, okay, you didn't write this. Um, but you know, if you've done writing, you know, you, you know, you don't do that. You partially write and then you're like, oh no, this is wrong. Let's go back and change this word. Let's rearrange this. And, you know, I think that could, you know, we've got software that's could come up with a score and decide how likely it was that this was an original writing. And, you know, then maybe the teacher could, you know, review it to, if there's a question like, Hey, you know, this doesn't look like you actually, you know. This is just typed in sequentially or whatever. Um, but, you know, we're not necessarily, um, you know, it's not a one-sided thing. Well, on the one side, we've got this tools that, you know, are great for cheating, but we could also develop tools to, to you know, do the opposite of that. Just one thing I wanted before we go on here. Um, Barry put in the chat room that he had heard on Science Friday that there's another AI engine that can be used to determine if ChatGPT had written a piece or not. They didn't get into details of how it works. So now we have battling generative AIs. Mm-hmm. This is this is disturbing. Jeff, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this because I know you and, <clears throat> you and a couple of weeks ago we asked we specifically asked you if you would be comfortable using any ChatGPT output. And you were a pretty definite no. So I'm assuming you still stand by that. But on some of the finer points here of ownership on some of this stuff, what are your thoughts? Um, but so far, from, from what I've been reading, it's looking like the courts are going to side with if it's, uh, if it's content that was machine generated, then you don't get a copyright, period. Um, now, to me, that means is the final output, the final product, machine generated. If you are using a tool like ChatGPT to uh, to like brainstorm and uh, and uh, like help you build outlines and work through some of uh, of what you're trying to write, and you're actually making the the finished product. I don't see a problem with that 
like, you know, like Jim said, the, the calculator thing, mm-hmm. I feel like we're, even though we are so, so early in, in the, this AI, um, uh, large language model space that even though we're at that still at that super early stage, we cannot treat this the way schools treated calculators, which was they're cheating. No one needs to know how to do the thing. Now, if you don't know how to put the right equation into a calculator, you can't get the right answer. Mm-hmm. And, and not teaching people how to use the modern tools to me was, uh, was a, uh, a a really bad educational decision. So what we need to do right now is start working on how do we teach people the best and the ethical ways to use tools like this. And uh, and and as far and Jim, I loved when you said, "Well, look, you know, there should be a way." You could write a word processor that can tell if it's just all dumped in sequentially. And my first thought was, and I want to be the guy that writes the plugin that let that generates the content and then puts it into the word processor and does edits and stuff along the way to make it appear as if a person had done it. And you know what? If you if you've actually gone that far into it. You've earned whatever reward you're going to get because that's really fracking clever, and uh, and you're going to be able to work around systems for the rest of your life. So more power to you. Um, well, except people will just buy that technology. Okay, for the first person. I mean, some somebody it. that develops that person mm-hmm. from scratch. You know, I'm not worried about. You know, that person doesn't need to know how to write essays. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there will always be people that that find ways to work around the system. Um, but even today, there are systems out there that have been designed to be able to detect if uh, if content is purely uh, AI ChatGPT generated, and uh, and some schools are already starting to use these tools. So if I go out and use ChatGPT and write an essay on the Great Potato Famine, and there's such a small subset of people that know the joke that I just made, and for those like five of you, I'm so proud of you. Say it again. <laughs> uh, my essay on the Great Potato Famine um, of 1849. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so um, I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, for the rest of you, search Great Potato Famine, Welcome Back, Cotter. And uh, I mean, that, that, that's how way out there the reference is. Anyhow, there are tools that are already being developed and in use that can figure out if, uh, if it's an AI generated documents. So that's not You know what? Change. I'm going to argue that that is not really going to be reliably possible if you're only looking at the final document. Um. Yeah, well, that's where we are today. This is all still really early, like super yeah. early. No, the there, there's only so, so much, in, you know, this is a information theory question. You know, if all you have is the final document, I don't see how you, you know, can say, well, a human could never come up with this. Only an AI could come up with this. How could, how could you do that? I don't <laughs> know, but I'm not the person that's clever I, I, enough I, to have I, written the stuff I, that, that's, that's actually doing this. I think but they're Jim, selling snake oil. But Jim, almost by definition, what you just said is not something that would be 
looked down upon. I don't I don't want to say condemned or whatever, because a human would have maybe potentially taken the chat GPT piece and then modified it, tweaked it. No, 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 no. I'm saying, how could you look at a paragraph and say, oh, this was written by an AI? I know that this was not written by you. It was written by an AI. How can you know that? Well, isn't it isn't it sort of like reverse engineering anything else? Ben? But there's not enough information well, to do the reverse engineering. But I mean, this leads me to another question: What's the metric if it started out as something Chat GPT that it then becomes an original work? Because I mean, technically, you change one word. It could be yours, but I mean, that's another question as well. And I think that will end up falling um, um, in the courts at some point because there, there, there will eventually have to be some sort of, of uh, universally accepted standard as, as to what it is that makes AI generated content transition into original content you mean like the universal standard for pornography <laughs> and herein <laughs> lies the problem i mean yeah I, I don't know how you do that and uh and and i'm very interested in seeing how that plays out um uh, you know I'll, i don't think that will wind up in course because you know how? How? What's the evidence going to be? How? Are, how's anybody going to prove that? You know, here was the original that came from ChatGPT, and here's the, the three words that were changed. I don't I, know. You know, and, you know, unless somebody's got a camera or a screen recorder, um, you know. Um, Frank in the chat room says writing style. It'll be like music copyright. Okay, Frank, but you know we've seen a number of lawsuits throughout the time that we've had copyrights about somebody saying this this sounds a little bit too much like that, and you know somebody wins and somebody loses in those in those lawsuits. Um, and again, those are you know those are cases like somebody sues Led Zeppelin because there's a lot of money. Sure. But, yeah. You know it. You know there'll eventually be a lot of money. I don't I I don't know what that scenario is but I mean just look all around well, us what's look what scenario the is there for a lot of money in a in a in you know I mean we've had books for 500 years you know there just aren't those kind of disputes uh well, there's be- plagiarism disputes all the time there, there are they, claims that someone wrote a book and someone we're else not, stole it and published it I, um, really in a court um, this sure. has gone to court. That I'm not certain about. I mean, the, the in addition to courts, there's also academic standards. Oh yeah, kind of, in the in academic way, room. Yeah, courts. but that's that's a different. You know, that's a whole different. You know, different issue than 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 a court. Um, and and this goes back to to what I was saying is we need to start working on ways to educate people now to to use tools like this properly and ethically. Of course, it will be people that will abuse the system, but the more people that we can get to understand 
how to use these tools in a in a positive and productive way, the better off we'll be. It's easier to teach now than try and retrain later. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit at HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices50. Looking for more ways to save some money this spring? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Not only are costs going up, but it seems like there's always a hassle of some kind. Parking, can't find what I'm looking for, checking out, wait, wait, wait. And don't get me started on the prices. That's where HelloFresh gets another checkmark in the win column, saving me money and time. And no worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen. I enjoy cooking, and HelloFresh makes it even easier and more fun with foolproof recipes that arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices50 and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships for free. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices50 and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. Thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for supporting this week's Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com slash macvoices. Clicking on the wrong link can cause you plenty of headaches if it's just you. But if it's your company, the possibility of clicking a wrong link is multiplied by the number of users right along with the headaches. Your users don't mean to create a problem, but they have other things on their priority list. That's why Collide works so well for Okta users. You can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. If a device isn't compliant and tries to log in, it can't. The user is provided with the information on what needs to be done. If they do it, great. If not, they're blocked. Immediate, helpful device compliance that secures your company. Without Collide, there's nothing to stop an unsecure device. With Collide, unsecure devices don't have a chance to cause issues. And this is all built to work seamlessly with Okta. Zero trust architecture and 100% device compliance. That means fewer support tickets and less frustration all around. Just what the doctor ordered. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting Mac Voices. Webb, I want to pull you in on this because... Oh, you have to, don't you? <laughs> yeah, of course I have to. You're sitting there looking so thoughtful. Um, but I want to go back to something that, that David had said, and I think I, I also brought up. And, and then Jeff brought up the calculator question and uh, about being able to put the equation into the calculator so that the tool could give you the right answer. And and I'm I'm curious to see what you think about that aspect of this, that there could potentially be a skill. Well, David said it about Google. There there can be a skill to using some of these tools that to get something better out than maybe just typing in just a raw question. If you have a subtlety to a question or a subtlety to the information, you give the AI that you'll get a better a better response, a better piece out of it. Um, and, and one, and, and I'll, I'll let you speak in a minute, but one thing that I heard today, and I think it was on um, the, uh, um, oh boy, on Merit's show today, 
with they were talking about how uh, ChatGPT can be superior than some some programmers at creating shell scripts. That you know that they were it was able to create things that the person that was trying and apparently that person had a fair amount of expertise just was not able to do or could not do as efficiently. So it, it, that says to me that in order to do that, though, somebody had to be intelligent enough to say something other than build me a, a, an application that will, you know, show, paint a picture of Jeff Gammon with Chuck, pants. I have a question <laughs> or maybe oh, a please. comment. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what, what it is. Uh, but first, the pants. On a side note, I had to go out earlier today. And I got back home and then got on the phone and have not had time to take these pants off. And life is horrible. Um, what? Gafing. <laughs> horrible. Um, but uh, what was my question or comment? Um, oh, on coding. So a very common thing to do when you're writing code is it's not, I know the syntax and command for every single thing in uh, in the language that I'm coding in. But what I do know is how to use Google. And so people use Google and copy and paste code chunks all the time. At what point do we consider that plagiarizing or stealing code? Well, so you know, I guess it's, it's more, it's now, more of a now thought. Now they've got this co-pilot thing that does that in, you know, in a systematic way. Well, and Jeff, that your your comment goes back to something we talked about months ago, where there was allegedly Russian code in Army applications, and that was of concern because somebody decided to either call it a shortcut or call it just the way that people work. But they went out, they found a chunk of code that did what they wanted, and it happened to be Russian code. And whether that's nefarious or not is a debate for another time. But it was there, so. And Webb, I'm not letting you off the hook. I still want your thoughts. <laughs> um, a, a, a couple of things. Um, yeah, I'm on it. My microphone's gone. Um, bef- before I got into all this crazy Mac Voices stuff, I was uh, a trustee at a small private college for 23 years. I was a board chair for five of those uh, 23. Um, and and my, my point here is, and, and Brian, you and I have never met, and I get the impression that you might be in the education field. So, so you could uh, go against everything I'm about to say. The, the, the chat GPT or, or the, these artificial intelligence tools are, are new and they're getting a lot of buzz, but there has been a lot of things that are going on, especially in the math field was what I was exposed to with my college experience as a trustee of um, um, there was an app out there. You could take a, picture in a textbook of a math equation and the application would, would uh, uh, do the equation for you or, or, or guide you through it one way or the other. Um, so my, my point here is that ChatGPT is getting a lot of attention, but there's always been some other um, tool, call it AI, call it what you want, that, that's been out there that, that uh, the educators have always had to be aware of uh, to, to mitigate this and making sure that the 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 student is doing the work because remember the 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 my experience when i was a trustee for an education facility 
you know, it, it, the answer is important, but but the real thing that you're trying to do is get people to think in a certain logical manner. Uh, so it's the the process is equally as important as the answer. Um, so so like I said, Chat GPT is getting an awful lot of attention, but this is something that at least in the higher education realm has been around for for. Not, I'm not going to say a long time, but it's not new. I'll just put it that way. Um, so as far as we got into the, the whole copyright issue and all that, that that's way beyond my pay grade. I, 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 as I've said before, I'm aware of it. I understand its purpose. I understand the, 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 the content of it, but I am in no way have the skill set to interpret it or, or have a, a, a really good opinion on, on what it should be um uh it, it's uh it is a challenge it, it's it's a new world and, and we're going to have to figure out how we're going to um live live through this thing so anyway that, that's kind of my thought on it it's 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 a little disjointed i i acknowledge but uh uh it, it's an interesting world that that we're going to have to uh slug our way through so yeah just to piggyback on what Webb said. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, there, there's always tools and it's almost like you're stepping one foot in front of what's already out there just to understand of, you know, the lay of the land, what's out there. I'm familiar with that app. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it myself. But yeah, you can essentially, you know, look at a math problem and it'll solve it for you. And, um, you know, we see that a little bit too, even with, um, you know, the the ability on the iPhone when you hover the camera over text and you can copy and paste the text over things something like that of, of looking up answers and things of that nature. But again, it kind of goes back to, you know, why, what do you want the students to be able to know and be able to do with that information? And my mind has just been going, just listening to all the conversations and reading the stuff on chat GPT and thinking maybe there's some positive things that can come about bringing the educational field to be more localized and more individualized to student needs and what they're, what helps and benefits themselves and their communities that, won't necessarily be able to be answered with those those pieces of software because it is so specific to them and so specific to their communities that it goes beyond the capabilities, at least right now, again, taking you know one step in front of the technology at the moment, but at least right now, what seems to be the capabilities of chat GBT. I, I don't, I think it's a fascinating thing. I, I'm really intrigued, though, by by Jeff's comment about, you know, that you have to have enough knowledge to put the equation into the calculator to get the answer out. Um, I, I've that I've I've really got to process that a little bit because that sort of to me sums up what I was talking about with telling having the skill to tell Chat GPT what you want so that you get back something usable. Brittany, you Chuck, put something out. I don't think oh, I can top that. I should just sign off now and. And uh, go have a beer. No, oh no, you because you we never know when you're going to have another flash of brilliance. <laughs> I can't wait, and I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but you had uh, something in our private chat that I really wanted you to ex to expound on just a little bit because you obviously have been following. Yeah, there's a teacher. Well, you know, TikTok has this algorithm where it learns what you're interested in, and and. Turns out I love me some chat GPT. So um, <laughs> I, anyway, I started following this teacher who's doing an experiment, a uh, high school teacher, high school English teacher, um, with her advanced students to teach them more advanced 
English skills by using ChatGPT. Uh, the last I heard, she had not been allowed to bring it in, so she had to do the ChatGPT requests at home and then bring the results in. But wow, <laughs> me. Uh -huh. but yeah, um, and it may have been updated. I haven't been on TikTok much the last couple of weeks, but. But what she was doing was they needed to apply the principle. So she would take out these bad parts and say, hey, um, you know, what do you need to do to make a stronger argument here? How would you fill this in? Um, so they're learning more of the structure of writing a paper by correcting chat GPT's mistakes. That's really interesting. I yeah, thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And now TikTok thinks I'm a teacher and keeps giving me all these teacher posts, apparently. <laughs> okay, Brittany, I had a visceral reaction when you just said that she was not allowed to bring ChatGPT in. Because that just seems to be, I, I don't know. I mean, that just seems so wrong. It's it's a small I, community. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what what size community. You know, it's yeah. It's like it's like the the professor. Um, oh boy, Michael Cohen, um, who writes for for uh, Take Control Books, told me a story about um, a, working with a tenured professor, and the professor, you know, kind of famously said, "I don't need to learn anything else. I'm a professor." And uh -huh. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is just. It's just I, I I can't do justice to the story, but that was the gist of it. And so, Brian, as an educator, I mean, would you would you fa favor Chat GPT never being allowed in your classroom or in your school or institution? Um, it's an interesting thought because for us, I was just thinking about that when you were saying how restrictive that one school was uh, that Brittany found, but we're pretty restrictive too. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, red tape that has to go through before things can be um, allowed and to see what type of information is shared. I know a big concern in many educational communities is what gets stored locally and what gets stored in the cloud to make sure that students' information is protected and that um, if there's, you know, data breaches and things of that nature, some of the legality issues that go along with that. And so, um, you know, the, I think to talk about chat GPT versus utilizing it as a classroom tool right now for us personally, that would be so far down the road. Um, but um, I think it's, it's important to expose students to that technology. I think for sure. I got the impression it was, uh, she felt like it was, I cannot yet do this, that it was mm -hmm. in the works, but, but like Brian said, they had things they got to check out, which when you're talking about the safety of students is really, really important. Right. Oh, and and Brian, to your point about you know storing students' information in the cloud, absolutely. I I mean, I I feel like that's a pretty black and white kind of thing. But you know, this as a potential tool, it bothers me that anybody would would restrict access to it. Use of it is you know, but but to say that you can't do it, I mean, that just feels like okay. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to sneak under the covers and. <laughs> pull this chat GPT thing up on my, on my laptop or my iPad or my iPhone or whatever, and, and figure it out. And that just, it, I don't know. That just feels really wrong to me, but that's me. Uh, I think I maybe, mean, maybe it's a similar story just decades later um, that happened with the calculator. 
and it just becomes, you know, a tool in some ways, but obviously like, as we've been talking about for a while, you know, very different in other ways too, but maybe along that same pathway. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, education has always been slow to adapt, unfortunately. Next time on Mac Voices, the panel talks more about generative AI use, our latest experiences with the recent Apple software updates, and some of the recent changes to Twitter's policies. And you can just imagine how that went. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com.